It's Monday. Chavtet Av Tafshin Ayin Dalid. We are coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. It's a very popular song in Israel these days, especially amongst the uh, the troops. He who has faith does not fear. Have faith, no fear. Hey, welcome. 
My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for joining us, making us part of your day. We are here every Monday immediately following JM in the AM. And I mean this time immediately following JM in the AM, 9 AM Eastern Time. 4 p.m. Israel time, and of course around the world, anywhere you're listening, whether live or via the podcasts or via the archives on the Nachum Siegel Network um, website, it's whatever time you're listening. There's no there's no relevance to time anymore on uh, these programs. We have a great show planned for you. We're going to analyze somewhat the media, the media's job or the lack of it, the abrogation of it, if you will during this um, time of war in Israel, how the media literally um, didn't do its job, were unprofessional, and how that affects Israel, and that how, how that affects the uh, Middle East in general, the abdication of the media. Um, posted on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show, posted yesterday the picture of two front pages from Saturday. I was on, I was away at uh, Friends this past Shabbat, and they get both the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. I get neither. And um, it hit me. The same picture on the front page of both, the picture of Hamas terrorists publicly executing approximately uh, 11 people who they considered to be spies for Israel, people who cooperated with Israel. Um, Hamas lost during the past week a lot of its uh, leadership. I think there were uh, four or five of the leaders of Hamas that were killed. And uh, obviously there's a lot of Israeli intelligence that uh, is needed and cooperation from people within Aza that the Shin Bet gets. So the Hamas decided to, hey, we got to make a point for the public. Let people fear us. And they publicly executed 11 people. There was a picture on the front page of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal, the same exact picture, but different captions and how the subtle differences affect the way people understand the situation. We'll explore that and the rest of the uh, picture of the media. We have um, some great, great new music from Israel, war-related music from Israel, and uh, we'll update you on the situation, some analysis and so forth, hopefully whatever we can do within the hour's time that we have. Um, back to the music. Pugi, here's an old classic. Ka'olam Sameach. My name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Ay, 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 ay,
New music coming up. Figured we'd open up with some classics. Haolam Samech. Yes, we would like the world to be happy and beautiful and fantastic. But alas, it's not the world we're living in. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. i going to spend a little bit of time this morning discussing the role of the media and how important it is and what, what's happening with it. And what we need to remember, people say, all right, so they wrote in the media, who cares? No, no, we need to care, and here's why. Hamas specifically, but the Arab world in general, the enemies of Israel in general, are waging two wars, two distinct wars. One is what we're all used to, a military war that's on the ground. But there's another war, and that's on the air. That's right, literally on the air, in the media, television, radio, newspapers, all the media throughout the world. It's a PR, a public relations war. And... There is one goal, that's to make them, Hamas, look like the victims and make Israel look evil. It's, it's an absolute nahafohu, absolute left to right, right to left, night is day, day is night, to make Israel look immoral. And most of all, to manipulate the world public opinion in such a way so that Israel is handicapped. Israel is forced, is pressured to back down and allow the radical Islamic Hamas to live another day and kill more, kill more Jews. And in most of the world, they won that war. They won that war. And while Israel can probably win, Bezrat Hashem, every war on the ground, 
every military war. Unfortunately, over the past decades, Israel is losing the other war. And once the Arabs realize that, they use it to their benefit and they have honed those military, quote unquote, skills of theirs of manipulating the media and done very well with it. And one of the reasons that they're winning is because almost all of the reporters in Gaza, this time around, as an example, allowed themselves to be used by Hamas. They've abdicated their job to report the truth. For example, we all know the horrific scenes of women and children in Gaza being carried out of rubble of a building that was bombed by Israel. And you hear the women wailing about the horrific Israel and how immoral they are. And these scenes, these videos, are played over and over and over around the world to the extent that even people that are positive about Israel but are not so familiar, they're they're questioning themselves. They're questioning their support of Israel. Maybe Israel went too far this time. That is what Hamas wants you to see. But that is all the Hamas wants the world to see. Nothing else. Nothing around it. No context. And the message that we take away, that the world takes away, whether we like it or not, is this is terrible and we have to stop it. We have to stop Israel from doing this. But really, what it all is, is a superbly produced and staged by Hamas It's a show. It's a movie. That is why you never see what is going on just out of the camera shot. You never see the armed Hamas terrorists. You never see the weapons storage in the houses. You don't see that. The reporters did. Reporters saw that Hamas was using civilians as human shields. They think, the Hamas literally believe it's okay for them to put their women and children in the line of fire. Because that's how they produce these pictures, these horrific videos. They literally put their women and children in the line of fire because that's what they want the world to see. And they make sure that that is the only thing that the world sees over and over again. So we have to ask all the reporters. All the news people who who were in Aza during the ground operation of Israel, you saw the rocket launchers being placed near your UN facilities. You saw the arms that are stored in mosques. You saw the civilian homes that Hamas booby-trapped with bombs. You saw and heard the missiles launched to Israel from the parking lot of the Shifa hospital. So when you show the horrific pictures of the dead women and children, why won't you tell the audience This is what the Hamas wants you to see. Maybe you shouldn't show it at all, but if you're going to show it, then isn't it your responsibility to the truth to say, this is staged by Hamas. This is what Hamas wants you to see. They don't let us show you anything else. And this, unfortunately, this works. The public outcry against Israel leaves Israel crippled, sometimes paralyzed, 
By the way, even even John Kerry, he was outraged in that unguarded moment on Fox News when he didn't know that the microphone was on. Oh, this is terrible. We have to go to Israel right away and stop, put an end to this. And the pressure from Obama and from the administration. This is what we know, and this is very hard to fight. We have to, at least, we have to know it, and we have to do our best to get out the truth. We'll speak about it more. After the next song, we'll continue to discuss the media's role in the anti-Israel campaign. Uh, coming up, the Israeli Defense Forces, Sahal, has a chaplaincy, the Rabbanut, and they have a choir. They have a singing group, if you will. They recorded this uh, poem. This poem was written by, it was a dialogue between two soldiers about um, when you come home. When you come home, the soldier said to his fellow who was in the battlefield, when you come home, we'll sit down, we'll have a meal together, we'll talk. And then a poem was written around that. Is the name of it? When you're back from the war, we'll open our hearts. We'll drop all the fights, all the squabbles, all the hurt. But you got to promise us one thing. Please promise that you will come back. Brand new debuting here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network, the Israel Defense Forces Rabbanut Choir, Acharei Shetachzeru. לכם שולחן אוכל מכל טוב ויין קר לבן אחרי שטח והוא נפרוס את הדגלים נמחת הדמעה נחבוש את הפצעים אחרי שטח זה נשכח את הסיוט נוכל כמו אז אחרי 
The uh, choir of the Israeli Defense Forces Rabbinate. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, whatever day it is, wherever you are. And tell your friends about the Israel Show. If you think they like this type of programming, we would be so appreciative if you put them on to us. Tell them about... um, the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, the podcast, the app, which is available for free on the iTunes Store. Just search for Nachum Siegel Network, and it's well on for Android. And to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Uh, the likes have really um, shot up over the last uh, few weeks. We're at 246. We're making our way to 250. Yes. So uh, we thank our latest like books. Like books? No, Facebook likes. Andretti, Leia, and Shai, and all the others who stay tuned. We post um, lots of good information about Israel. We don't post too much. We post what we think is interesting and what you might not find elsewhere. We're talking about the role of the media or the abdication, the abdication of the media. The fact that they have not reported fairly or honestly from Gaza. They haven't told the world, the true picture of what is going on, because they are afraid. And we're saying, if you are afraid, if you can't report honestly, then get out and tell the world you can't do your job. And then this has a cumulative effect, the cumulative effect of making Israel look bad, making Israel look like the aggressor, making Israel look immoral, making Israel look evil, everything that it is not, everything that our enemies are. It takes a horrific video like the world saw of ISIS 
of another group, which is just yet another spin-off of radical Islam. It's another one just like Hamas is. So it took the beheading of an American journalist for America to wake up a little bit and to understand that we are dealing with barbarians, with evil. That's the word. Evil. Hamas. ISIS. Boko Haram. Hezbollah. These are evil. Radical Islamic evil groups. That's our message. That's the message we have to continue. It's interesting that when the reporters left Aza, then suddenly, here and there, they they led on to the fact that they weren't telling us the truth. A reporter from Finland, she said, a video of her reporting from the main hospital in Gaza, in Al-Shifa Hospital. She said, quote, really, it happened right in the area. The sound of it was loud. What was she talking about? Hamas terrorists were launching a rocket, rockets from the hospital's parking lot. That's what she said. Quote, it's true that rockets are launched here from the Gazan side into Israel. Well, that's a war crime. Very few journalists dare to report it. Very few journalists dare to say that's a war crime. Using hospitals and schools and mosques to store weapons or as a military base is against international rules of war. Yet Israel is always put out to be the war criminal. There's a UN investigation. All the media keeps focusing on that. But everyone is scared to say who the real criminal is. Hamas. And then, a little later, after her story was making it rounds on Facebook and people saw this journalist from Finland saying, straight out, Missiles are being launched from the parking lot at a hospital. Well, then she obviously got intimidated and she wrote, My story was about the Palestinian civilians who were victims of the war. During the night, someone launched a rocket somewhere behind the hospital. Notice now it's someone who launched it from somewhere, not in the parking lot and not Hamas. And now she says... The sentence from my article is spreading in the pro-Israeli media, and she was very upset by that, because that's not what she was reporting about, trying to backtrack, because she was obviously threatened. It's the, it's the terrorist's way of dealing with the media. An Italian journalist, Gabriele Barbati, he's a, he's a male, not a female. It, it, it's Gab, probably Gabriel, what we would call Gabriel Barbati. He tweeted, and I'm just adding in the words for context, he tweeted that he's out of Aza now. He's left Aza, and he's far from Hamas retaliation. Hamas can't get to him now. So now he can tell us the truth. The day before this tweet, the media had showed photos and video of dead people in the Shati refugee camp in Gaza. Women and children and so forth, and they were blaming Israel, either implicitly or explicitly. And so this reporter writes, misfire rocket, a rocket that Hamas tried to shoot to Israel and was misfired and ended up landing in the Shati refugee camp, killed children yesterday in Shati. Witness, militants, which is what they call the Hamas, rushed and cleared the debris of the rockets that misfired so the media didn't see it. Financial Times Jerusalem bureau chief, John Reed, who is no longer in Gaza, Reported seeing, quote, two rockets fired toward Israel from near the Al-Shifa hospital, even as more bombing victims were brought in. 
But this wasn't, you weren't being told this. The world wasn't hearing this while the fighting was going on. All the world was seeing was videos of women and children being dragged out of bombed homes and the message of Israel's immorality. That is what the PR war, the war on the air, is all about. We posted on our Facebook page picture from Saturday's New York Times and Saturday's Wall Street Journal. The front page of both of those newspapers had the same exact pictures with, picture which was provided to them both by Reuters. It's a picture showing three Hamas terrorists armed. They were holding three civilians, obviously, who were kneeling on their feet with their heads covered with a bag, and they were about to shoot them. According to the reports, 18 people were shot. 18 Palestinians, 18 Arabs, were shot by Hamas, just like that, in the public square, in front of a mosque, so that everybody should see and be afraid. No trial, no nothing. They suspected that they were collaborators with Israel. And they shot him, just like that. And I think that photo was very reminiscent of what the world saw with the beheading of the American journalists by ISIS. You had the Hamas people dressed in black with black hoods over their heads. And the victims, in this case the Palestinian victims, on their knees with their heads covered. Well, the Wall Street Journal, on top of the picture, had in big bold letters, Justice Administered Hamas Style. And underneath, the caption said, Broad daylight, Hamas militants executed 18 people Friday, some on crowded streets, in the middle of the day, after accusing them of aiding Israel. So here it's very clear in the Wall Street Journal, it's very obvious. Who are the killers? Hamas. And they're killing people in the middle of the day just by accusing them, and they're just shooting them, just like that, in broad daylight. The New York Times, on the other hand, listen to how subtle the differences are, but how important they are. The New York Times, the bold headline under the picture says, Gazans suspected of collaborating are executed. Executed by whom, may I ask? They don't tell you. Militants, underneath it says, the one-line caption, militants on Friday prepared to execute Palestinians in Gaza City suspected of spying for Israel. Up to 18 were killed. Nowhere on the front page does the word Hamas appear. Wall Street Journal had the word Hamas twice. It was clear and obvious who was doing the killing. In the New York Times, people just get executed. When Hamas kills people without a trial, when Hamas terrorizes their own people, the New York Times makes it like it just happens. Gazans, suspected of collaborating, are executed. They just are. They're executed. It just happens. We don't know by whom. 
We don't know what. We don't know anything. They're executed just just like that. You often find in the New York Times, after Hamas violated the ceasefire agreement, that the New York Times would write that the um, fighting broke out again. It just broke out. Not that Hamas broke the ceasefire, no, no, fighting broke out. That's that's the way they tell you. Things just happen in the New York Times. We don't know who did them. They just happen. People are executed. Fighting breaks out. These are subtle, but they have a tremendous cumulative effect, a very bad effect for Israel and the world around us to the extent that the anti-Semitism around the world is growing as we see. It is very scary. The world we live in is very scary, but we have to say it. The media is complicit. The media is guilty. I should say most of the media is complicit and guilty of this. We have to think long and hard as a people how we combat it. There's never any context. I don't think I've heard during the entire time that this is taking place. Now, it's day 49. The background that Israel left Gaza exactly nine years ago in August of 2005. I didn't hear any of that. That they, Israel uprooted every Jew that was living in Gaza. 8,000 people were thrown out. There was not a Jewish civilian or soldier in Gaza, not one. They keep talking about blockade. Nobody tells you that there was no blockade until they shot rockets. So they're not shooting rockets because there's a blockade. There's a blockade because they're shooting rockets. You don't hear that. You don't hear about that. You hear about 1,000 civilians or 2,000 civilians that were killed. But you hardly ever hear about the Muslims that are killing Muslims by the tens of thousands in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Somalia, and Libya, and Yemen, and Iraq, and Syria. You don't hear about the refugees who have no home from the Syrian civil war. Do you know how many refugees, according to the UN, how many refugees there are, Syrian refugees, that had to run from their homes? Take a guess. I'll tell you after the next song. Think about it. How many do you think there are? New song, another new song. We're debuting. This is from a, uh, this is a cool, cute song. A little change of pace. It's from a group called Hatikva Shesh. The song is called Hachi Israeli. Really Israeli. Things that are really Israeli. And it's really just phrases and things that you hear in Israel. Asimonim, for example. Or, I speak... But Loma speak when an Israeli tries to tell America that he doesn't speak much English. Bamba, Bamba, Mastik Alma, Zehu Zevelo Acheret, Einlanu Eretz Acheret. Or here's one, Simli Chumus Chip Salat Vitznon, Avalim Dayet or Kola Zero. Velolish Koch Michiot Kapaymi Menenichita, when the plane lands, everybody applauds, very Israeli. Nachonif Tichushin Yeg Dolim Kvalo Yetzava. I think every Israeli parent says that. You know, when you'll grow up, we won't need an army anymore. And so on and so forth. This is a very cute song. Hope you enjoy it. My name is Mayor Wanga, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Dumb, dumb, 
נשים אותך שמעון פרץ. ערב חדש שבתי יחקר, זהו זה ולא אחרת. כיבוש צנחנים מרק היעלים, לא לא, אין לנו עץ אחרת. ים איסוף, ים המלח, ים תיכון, ים כנרת. Israeli, what is most Israeli? Very cool, very cute little slogans, little things that Israelis say and do. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We have more great music coming up soon. So before the song, I asked you to think about and try and guess how many refugees there are from Syria. How many people, how many Syrians had to leave their homes, run from their homes due to the fighting, the civil war that's taking place there, the fighting between Two groups of Muslims, yes? Israel's not involved there at all. These include refugees in the surrounding area and refugees that are still homeless within Syria. The answer, I was shocked to hear this, the answer is 9 million. There are 9 million refugees. 2.5 million fled to neighboring countries, Turkey, Lebanon, Jordan, and Iraq. 6.5 million are homeless in Syria. And this is a number that's reported by the United Nations, no great lover of Israel or hater of the Arab world. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about the 9 million Syrian refugees? No, nope, you haven't. You haven't seen the horrific conditions that they live in. Tent cities, no proper sanitation, no proper water, but you'll hear all about the fact that in Gaza there's a water problem, an electricity problem. You'll hear all about it. 
You'll hear all about how many few thousand of pe- people are without home now as the winter is slowly approaching, blah, 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 blah. On and on and on. And it's not because they care about innocent people. And it's not because they care about innocent Muslims. It's because they care about delegitimizing Israel. And that's the fact. That is the fact. We have to be aware of it. Our leadership has to find better ways to deal with the media. I don't know what the answer is. And obviously, if we have a choice between dealing with the wars, the two wars, the war on the ground and the war on the air, we have to give priority to the one on the ground. But we also have to remember that the one on the air, the PR, the media war, ultimately handicaps us in the ground war. The Israeli army can't do what it needs to do because of the public pressure from around the world that is created by the media war that the Arabs are winning. The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. We are very proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. It's an amazing organization. It continues to to airlift Olim to Israel. You know, they always talk during the war of airlifting arms to Israel. Well, Nefesh Benefesh airlifts even more important commodities to Israel, if you will. Israel, uh, Israel needs people. Israel needs Olim and Nefesh Benefesh airlifts Olim and specially chartered planes from the United States this summer. There were two such flights, I think more than two, but two that I know of, two such flights where um, the plane is filled with families of Olim. In one of the flights, there were over a 100 young men and women who were volunteering to be uh, soldiers in the Israel Defense Forces. It's an amazing, amazing organization. Get more information about them. Think about going to Israel on a visit or on Aliyah. Nefesh Benefesh, nbn.org.il. nbn.org.il. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Hadar Golden, whose uh, body is still missing, but was pronounced dead in his family sat shiva. Famously, he is hopefully will continue to be the last casualty of this war. Hadar Golden, it seems, was a very, very special person. The people who know him speak about him glowingly. One such person is El Natan El Yashiv. He's a rabbi in the B'nai David Seminary. Excuse me, Mechina, I should say. B'nai David is a Mechina. It's a type of yeshiva that young men go to right after high school and before the army. They spend a year or two there to strengthen themselves, to steel themselves spiritually, and then they join the army, many of them wanting to have a career in the army. And they have produced, B'nai David has produced, the Mechina B'nai David, it's in Eli, in Eli have produced uh, dozens and dozens, probably hundreds and hundreds of uh, officers, both middle-level and high-level officers in the Israeli army. They're really creating a revolution there. And we'll talk about that on an upcoming show about the revolution of the Mechinot. I digress. El-Natan El-Yashiv wrote the words about Hadar Golden, who was his student and who he loved very much. Amir Benayun, a very well-known Israeli singer, wrote the music and recorded this song 
and it was released just recently. The word Hadar means majesty, glory, beauty. Hard to define it exactly. Hod v'hadar, we say. Hod v'hadar lavashta, about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He wears hod and hadar. Where has the majesty gone? Where has la'an halach kol hehadar hazeh? Hechan achshav, where are you now? Shum davar tov lo ne'elam. This is a very interesting concept. Any good that's done in the world never disappears. I think we heard Racheli Feldman say the same, the mother of Naftali. All the good that is done for the 18 days that those three boys were missing didn't, wasn't for naught because Shum davar tov lo ne'elam. Or olam, your light will always be in our heart. It's um, it's more in the Sephardic style. Amir Ben Ayun, that's the way he sings. That is his style. I hope that you will enjoy it as well. Something that we should appreciate and enjoy in memory of Hadar Golden. On the Tanel Yeshiv wrote the words, Amir Ben Ayun, music and sings. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Show me. 
שדמים שוכנה מנהרות עפר נלקחת מאיתנו אל הלא נודע אנחנו מבקשים אותך הדר. אמיר בן עיון, in memory of Hadar, golden Hashem Yikom, דמו, who fell on the last day of the, uh, was Friday, the last day pretty much of the ground war in Aza. My name is Mayor Wangat, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So what is going on in Israel now? Well, the kibbutzim in the area called Otef Aza means immediately they, they like wrap Aza. It's like wrapping paper around the package, very tight and very close. So there are many kibbutzim that are literally within a kilometer or two of the border with Gaza. And these kibbutzim are being hit the most because the Hamas is, um, is, is, is ramping up the pace of their missile fire, although much shorter range. They're probably running out of the longer-range rockets. But the short-range stuff they must have a lot of, and they're ramping up the pace and firing dozens and dozens of missiles per day. I think we're also hearing about more Israeli casualties than we have before. And so those kibbutzim in Otef Aza that are very close to Aza border are being evacuated. Literally, the people are leaving their homes and moving to other kibbutzim that are up north because they just can't live there anymore. And it is so ironic. I find it sad, terribly sad and ironic that nine years after Israel evacuated the Yishuvim from Gaza, and so many, so many people in Israel said, what a big mistake this would be. And there are people who are involved that are still alive and defend it. Nine years after they evacuated Gush Katif, missiles are being launched from Gush Katif itself, from the Jewish neighborhoods and towns that were there from those areas into Israel, into Otef Aza, into Kibbutzim that are now being evacuated as a result. Don't think it took tremendous military acumen to realize what might happen. And what is Israel doing? Well, they're, uh, they're ramping up the attacks. I think Israel is going forward with attacks that are much harsher for example, they're, uh, we've seen videos of their bombing high-rises in Gaza, 12-story buildings that are just being collapsed. Of course, they warned the people first to leave so there won't be any casualties to the people, but they are destroying a lot of the infrastructure of Hamas, which is very important. And um, General F.E.A. Tam on Friday analyzed the uh, long-term goals. He he believes that the government of Israel's long-term goal, and Tzahal's long-term goal, is the old-fashioned strategy, old-fashioned military strategy of siege, of just surrounding Gaza and waiting, waiting till the people in Gaza have had enough and will hopefully rise up and pressure their leadership, the leadership of the Hamas, to give in. What does that mean to give in? To agree to a ceasefire. 
Now, what happens? We know their agreements aren't worth much. No, but hopefully Israel accomplishes what it wants, which is to demilitarize Gaza. I don't know if they will or not. But either way, if that is the strategy, this will go on for a very, very long time. And we should be uh, aware of it and I guess ready for it. Galiatari put out a new song, very appropriate also. Rega Shel Sheket, a moment of quiet. Isn't that what everybody wants now? Here it is. We're debuting it here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Wangart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network.
Brand new, Rekha Shosheket, just out, debuting here on the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Earlier I was telling you about when we were speaking about the song in memory of Hadar Golden, called Hadar Hazai, I told you the words were written by one of his rabbanim, one of his rabbis, that his teachers at uh, the Michina B'nai David and Eili. And uh, I, it's shocking because I know the person and yet I got his first name wrong. His name is Nitanel, Harav Nitanel El Yashiv. Harav Nitanel El Yashiv is the one who wrote the words to that. And he is a very wonderful person. And that place, the Michina, in, uh, called Bnei David and Eili. Take a look. If you want online, you'll um, get to meet some amazing people. Well, we're wrapping things up with the Ain Prat Fountainheads and their song, Hope, Tikva. And uh, we do so immediately after we say thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Stay tuned for Tech Talk with Arya Lightstone. And then keep it tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network all day for great music Monday mix. Until next Monday, immediately following JM and the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Across the ocean, under the blue sky, the sun is rising, it's climbing so high. I know a place where we can be free, we will be stronger, so long will we be keeping our I'm saying